You are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. Jump into it. Just jump right into this Get pile in of it. shit here. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. actually excited for this. You know, it's it's funny because it's like we got progressively worse this month with each of our <laughs> projects. <It's> like, <laughs> well, we don't know from first one. We don't know from the first one. But well, we, yes. defi- we definitely know. I mean, because, I mean, as much as I hate Geely, this thing, oh, boy. Uh, but it's welcome- a different kind of ooh, boy, <laughs> right? Like, like y- this is 70s. TV fair, which you know we love. We oh. cannot get enough. Um, Kiss might pop up and play a song. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Brady might be wearing a strapless gown doing coke off of the Fonz's ass or something in the background. You never know. That's a mental image. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm full of them tonight. <laughs> Hello, folks. Folks, welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs and to our th- third our special third episode for the month of april uh this is definitely an april fool's prank we're playing on ourselves because uh, we as as you heard andy talk about we're going back to the 70s and we're going to 70s television variety specials uh with this thing uh we are doing the 1979 live action two-part special DC's Legends of the Superheroes. I'm so excited. And the, um, and the, I'm looking at this, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. looking at it on IMDb. And the part that really floors me about this, I know we're going to talk about how wacky and bad it is, but as a comic book nerd, as somebody who grew up his entire life reading comics and did comic book podcasts for like 12 years of his life, the deep cuts that they just put on TV in the 70s is what's amazing me. Like, the deep cut comic book characters that nobody knew. Well, it's because they couldn't get the rights to anybody else. <laughs> I mean, they got, like, the Huntress and Giganta and um, Black, Canary, Black Canary. But nobody knew who, that didn't read comics knew who Black Canary was. No, and that, like, was, that was the thing is because they really couldn't get any of the really big big names sure. uh except for batman I, I, batman robin green lantern captain marvel and the flash, flash you yeah. know they were known but they couldn't get like superman or uh wonder woman uh the reason they couldn't get wonder woman was because of the other wonder woman tv series that was on right yeah they didn't want to have linda carter go on this thing and for good reason <laughs> uh, let's face it <coughs> Um, as for Superman, I don't understand why they couldn't get, oh, because of the films that were out at the time, 
Uh, I'm pretty sure they could not pay Christopher Reeve's salary to <laughs> up here. He wasn't taking scale. I'll no. tell you that. I mean, I, I think Adam West and Burt Ward were just happy to get a paycheck when they agreed to come back as Batman or Robin for this. Yeah. But this cast, this, I mean, this whole cast screams 1970s because we've got Adam West and Burt Ward reprising their roles as Batman and Robin. And sure enough, it is the 1960s Batman and Robin we have here. Um, we've got, uh, quote unquote comedian Charlie Callis <laughs> as Sinestro. Reported uh, comedian Charlie yeah. Callis. Uh we've got a we got a quote unquote beloved man here, Jeff Altman from Pink Lady and Jeff, uh as the here here's a deep cut for you, the weather wizard. Yeah, that's that that might be the deepest cut. Um, we have, uh, who else we have? Oh, we have Frank Gorshin coming back as yeah. the Riddler. Uh, and then we have a couple of others who were just like, really? What are you doing here? Oh, it's a 1970s special. Like Ruth Buzzy as Aunt Renata. <laughs> um, I'm and, surprised and, Lind doesn't make an appearance <laughs> in here as like Commissioner Gordon or something. Uh, Ed McMahon as himself, uh, Marsha Warfield as woman in phone booth. Uh, <laughs> then we've got the voice of Ursula, Pat Carroll as Hawkman's mother. Uh, then we have an, another staple from 70s uh, uh, specials, June Gable as Rhoda Reuter, who is a, a, a gossip columnist. Uh, Gary Owens is our narrator. I mean, and then we've got unknowns who are playing Black Canary and Hawkman and The Flash and, yeah. <laughs> and everyone at Green Lantern. Um, and the, the other thing that gets me is I'm looking at all of these. And if you're not familiar with this special, if you're seeing the credit, Brad Sanders as Ghetto Man. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that that's where you realize, oh yes, this was a product of the seventies. Yes. Yes. So now have you ever seen this thing? Yeah. So I saw it, but I saw it the same way that I saw um the Star Wars Christmas special, which was at a comic book convention at somebody's booth that had a bunch of bootleg VHS and DVDs. Well, I think it was just VHS back then. I don't think he had any DVDs um, on like a 19 inch CRT TV that he had set up in the corner. Um, so I don't know if I've seen all of it. I don't need to know if I've seen a weird cut of it. I don't know, you know, but I know that I've seen, there's a, I remember a scene with Ed McMahon and Solomon Grundy. That's just painful to watch mm -hmm. because it's it's Ed McMahon trying to introduce and it's a who's on first Abbott and Costello routine with Solomon yeah. Grundy. And it's like, this doesn't work. Like, I feel like we're watching that. Um, I feel like I was watching that winter, that that Olympics animated horny thing that you made me watch. <laughs> the Animal Olympics. Yeah, I feel like I was watching that again with the way that the jokes just fell flat. So I'm curious. I'm excited, though. Yeah, um, new eyes, 70s kind of variety show feeling. Yeah, I'm here mm. for it, for sure. 
Yeah, it's it's divided into two parts because these aired at two different times. They they felt that um, uh, when when these aired on NBC, when Hanna Barbera made these, they felt that um, people would have rather watched these instead of their hit series Project UFO, um, which of course only in the seventies uh, show like Project UFO uh, could exist. Um, sure, a show that was created by Jack Webb. That basically was like are we covering up UFOs, which is, you know, honestly, very um, relevant with what's going on today with all of the UFOs we've been talking yeah. and everything. But, yeah, no, these these flopped. Uh, the first one is called The Challenge, which is where the superheroes have to go up against the Legion of Doom. And then the second one is a parody of the Dean Martin Celebrity Roasts. Which, I'm excited for that. Which, if you ever saw Batman the Brave and the Bold, if you ever watched that show, there was an episode called Crisis 22,300 <laughs> Above Earth that made fun of the roast segment um, by having the Batman villains come and roast Batman and the roast, uh, and they forced uh, Jeff Ross to be the master of ceremonies. <laughs> which is a great episode. It's a good uh, bit. It's a good bit. <laughs> Uh, Warner Brothers, when they decided to create the Warner Archive Collection back in 2010, decided to make this one of the first releases on DVD. It's yet to make the jump to Blu-ray. And at the same time, it's not available to stream anyplace. Right. That tells you something. (laughs) But I spent good money on an actual DVD copy of this. From the Warner Archive collection to send to you. Yes, you did. You so did you could send me that. So you could watch it in the best print possible from the Warner Archive collection. It's Wing Commander all over again. <laughs> oh my God! Are we ready for this thing? I I am. I am as a comic book nerd, as a fan of the seventies, I will say this. The only thing that gives me hope is I was looking up. There was one of the directors for, I believe it was probably the roast episode. His name is Chris Darley Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a lot to his name, but he did do 96 episodes of supermarket sweep as a director. So (laughs) fingers crossed that that quality rings through in this. I don't think every if I remember right though I don't think everyone was wearing Cosby sweaters like the host was for Supermarket Sweep so no. don't don't expect that. No, I wish I wish there were some kooky sweaters going on in what we're about to watch, but I think it's going to be all lapels everywhere. <laughs> oh, I did want to tell you um, before we go, uh, and I'll follow up with this in the second part. I did buy the um, the TikTok jumper for myself. The one that's really popular right now. Oh, so, my God. Um, so I'll let you know how that goes in part two. <laughs> like, subscribe, smash that like button, y'all, or the Duke's going to get you. <laughs> All right. So let's dive on in and watch Ruth Buzzy as a horny Aunt Minerva looking for her next husband uh, <laughs> amongst <laughs> the superheroes. And the magic that is Ghetto Man. Ugh. And... Uh. And and Charlie Cow is trying his best to be the villainous Sinestro. Uh, I can I, I can only imagine now it's going to be you know you know Sinestro going <laughs> like he does right <laughs> right for sure. I am there. Let's go. All right, gang. We'll be right back after we watch Legends of the Superheroes. Coming in right now. 
probably the meanest, the nastiest, the most feared of all the supervillains. This humanoid creature who was born in the murky waters of a swamp is not only unbelievably huge and powerful, he's also, he's also really tough to get along with. I'm not without my charm, so I think I may be able to warm him up. Here he is now, the, the infamous Solomon Grundy. Sal, is it okay if I call you Sal? My friends call me Sal. Oh, that's good. No, bad. Don't like my friends. Okay, okay. All right, Mr. Grundy. It'll be Mr. Grundy. Boy, you got a you got a strange way of talking. Grundy talk strange. In a strange, strange, but nice, but nice. Oh, I like it. You don't waste any words. You get you get right to the point. Yes. Get right to point. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> I understand, Mr. Grundy, that you were born in a swamp. Oh, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to rip your coat. I, you ripped coat! I ruined it! I'm awfully sorry. It's okay. Have same thing at home in polyester. Hi there, fun seekers. Are you looking for cinema that is absolutely 100% independently made, but also extremely unique and outside of the box? Well, look no further than Troma Pictures and the Troma Now streaming service. Watch.troma.com is your home for everything from Lloyd Kaufman and his band of very fun individuals. Everything from the Toxic Avenger and beyond at your fingertips. Only $4.99 a month, but your first 30 days are free. Did I say free? Yes, they're free. So what are you waiting for? Go to watch.troma.com and sign up. Also available on your Apple and Android devices, on the Roku stick, and also on the Fire Stick. Let's get freaky. Go ahead and start because yeah. I mean, I mean we've seen some pieces of shit on this show, but see you really didn't like this. Oh, I didn't, I I didn't dislike this. it as much as you did, though. Oh, I this was like pre mutos levels of really, yeah. I mean, I I I mean, part one not as much as part two. Um, part I mean two I understand. I, I, I understand that, you know, this this was, you know, at the time, this was all comic book fans could get, but still. Well, I mean, not only that, but, like, uh, who who was this for? This was on TV. 
yeah, and this was not at like the family hour or anything. This was, I think, later than that. I mean, I brought some trivia up for this, and I was trying to find out like around what time of night this was shown. But from what I understand, this was a more adult variety show aimed thing than what the Super Friends cartoon shows were. And the thing is, is that this was supposed to be a spinoff from the Super Friends cartoon shows, uh, specifically Challenge of the Super Friends. And I'm like, then just who the fuck is this thing made for? Yeah, because, because it, the, the cuts were real deep. Like, so was Dr. Savannah in the Captain Marvel TV show? Or, or no, but he... I think he was on Challenge of the Super Friends. Okay. Okay. I can't remember, but I know that the guy who was playing him was the voice of Dr. Savannah on the, uh, whenever there was any type of animation or, okay. uh, or anything like that. I mean, the guy who played him is known for. I mean, he's known for doing voiceover work, but at the same time, it's always been that one same voice, that <laughs> the yeah. Jerry Lewis-like voice that he's yeah. known for. Because, uh, like, which, and by the way, he really gets into Jerry Lewis territory in the second part. Very, really does. very quickly. Yes, yes. <laughs> but like the deepest cuts, and I'm a comic book fan, die hard. But like Mordu and Savannah and um, Weather Wizard was your choice mm-hmm. to go with for um for the flash like how much of this shit was tied up in royalties where they wouldn't let them use uh bigger names you know the joker wasn't showing up no nope. Cat- nope. catwoman wasn't showing up you got the riddler which god god love him frankie was was doing his dead level best to make this thing watchable what like, was uncomfortable with it, though, was whenever he was dressed up as the Riddler, we saw Frank Gorchin's panty line. Yeah, definitely. There was definitely the Riddler moose knuckle was there. In, yeah. In, um, there was a lot of that, though. Yeah. There was a lot was of knuckle like, uh, showing. Uh, there was a I, lot of knuckle, and you could tell that the set was cold because Adam West's nipples could cut diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Why am I seeing Adam West nipples so clearly in this thing? <laughs> there were, I will say this, the first, the first part of this, the part that was the actual like live action superhero comic book um, League of, you know, League of. Where um, they were actually doing superhero shit. Legion of Doom versus the Justice League type shit mm. was watchable. It was watchable. Um, you know, there were some there were some decent bits in that thing. Um, a lot of it had to do, and then you got Jeff Altman as the used car salesman. Yes, you do. Because, like I said in the last episode, apparently Jeff Altman was the improv specialist from 1975 to 1985. That's the only guy you could get, apparently. Um, and they thought of him they they thought of him to play weather wizard i was just like yeah "Yeah, sure why not i mean makes just he had a contract with uh the studio (laughs) i I mean it it, it makes as much sense as having comedian charlie callis play sinestro in Uh, drag yes (laughs) not only that but in like uh uh what do we what do we i know we don't use the, the the g word what do we say 
Oh, um, uh, I, I can't remember what you call them now. Uh, but uh, the with the scene when um, various very stereotypical fortune teller, yeah. yeah, drag going full clinger from Mash on that ass. Um, which uh, Romani, Romani. Thank that's you. Name. I should like, know that. Yeah, My mind went blank. As, as many vampire novels as I read at this point, I should know that. Um, but yeah, he's dressed up as basically Esmeralda from the back of Notre Dame. I, <laughs> right. right. And, he was he was definitely the one that told the werewolf that he was a werewolf in the movie yeah. Wolfman. <laughs> like that's what he would that's the level this was at. And he was so clearly reading the cue cards during that scene. It's just like he kept looking off to the side and I'm like, stop reading the cue cards. Learn your lines. <laughs> he only shot for one day. He showed up and shot, whereas Leotard shot this thing and took his money and went home. Pretty That's much. all he did. No, but, I mean, Mordu, Weather Wizard, um, I will say this. I liked seeing a Black Canary. I liked seeing a Huntress, even though, like you said to me. What, she was, what was pointless. She was pointless. She was there. She was she was TNA for this thing. Yeah. The hunt, and the thing is, is that like the Huntress was there for TNA, but they only focused on Black Canary's chest. Uh, very specifically in the second part, when Doctor uh, when when uh, Doctor Savannah was like, I, I I need to listen to your heartbeat. And she's like, My heart's up here. And he's like, <laughs> I know what else I want to examine. And I'm like, Oh my god. Yeah. But um, I did like seeing at least those characters being there you know at least they Mm -hmm. were there um and at least solomon grundy looked like solomon grundy yes yes and 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 he was good his bits were good in the first one mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. he he did a good like he does physical comedy very well with his magic hat that he would take off because he's 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 a giant swamp monster that's also mean as hell but he's also somewhat polite (laughs) so Mm -hmm. he would take his hat off too much um here's the thing Two things about the first one make it absolutely watchable. Number one is Adam West. Put Adam West. Oh, he was having fun. Absolutely doing the best Batman that he's ever done in his life. Funny. He was Adam shaky. Westing all over the place. Yeah. Second, Marshall Warfield. Oh, she was great. When great. As you talk, talking to the friend on the phone, it's like, you're not going to believe this, but some girl in a black vest came driving up on a motorcycle, and 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 now there's this guy with wings. Yeah. Oh no, I ain't going home. I ain't going home. This is entertainment right here. You you couldn't pay me a million dollars to leave. <laughs> and then she uses her voice, and it blows the 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 phone booth apart. She's like picking up the phone. She's like, "Hello." Yeah. She did a great job. Marsha Warfield killed it. Like absolutely killed it gorshin did a great mm-hmm. job i think gorshin was carrying a lot of this her, himself you could tell at some points by the look on his face that gorshin didn't want to be there oh no but he gave it his best I but mean, at the same time he is like what am i doing he's, uh, he i mean he is they had to have paid him a lot of money i mean he is oh, they had to have a very uh, uh, we were talking about um about Jeff Altman being the the improv go-to, Gorshin is legitimately an improv go-to. 
Like he is mm. a very talented comedian and actor. And he was just like, I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to do it like I do it every role. I'm going to put on my little aviators hat. I'm going to be weird. I'm going to be Sigmund Freud. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a weird period of time. But, you know, and then I'm going to then I'm a Jekyll and Hyde Sigmund Freud. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Poor Burt Ward. How old was he when he was dressing up as Robin in this? Oh, God. And, and, yeah. I mean, and still trying to be a ward. And Burt, Burt Ward had to be, like, what, pushing 40 at this point, I think? I, he had I'm, to be in his 30s, right? Cause easily. He was, he was in his 20s in 66, 67. Mm-hmm. So he had to have been, yeah, in his late 30s, mid to late 30s in this thing. Like... Good God, <laughs> poor kid. Poor and then kid. The, the other one that they kind of wasted was the Flash. Oh, he really yeah. didn't have anything to do in this either. I mean, they gave a lot of screen time to the Green Lantern and to Captain Marvel and to, of course, Batman and Robin, and even a lot of time to Black Canary and Hawkman. They and Hawkman a, a bit to do. Yeah. With the worst but, wings ever on TV. Oh God, those the, <laughs> you. You mean the uh, the Harper Valley PTA uh, homecoming float? Yes, yes. <laughs> Wait, yes. God, God. <laughs> oh my God, those wings were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. Um, but let's get into the really problematic portion Second of this, part. which is the the roast. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was a problem. So first, let's start with Pat Carroll as Hawkman's stereotypical Jewish mother. Right. I It's like, you never come home and you never visit your mother. But if you do come over, let me know so I can put down fresh papers. Right. Right. Yeah, that was that was a it was a I mean, it's here's it's Ursula. A, it's a product of its time for <laughs> yeah. sure. I, here, here we have here we have the woman who would go on to become famous for being the voice of Ursula. Right. Just like I was just waiting for her to say, "What are you, Mashugana?" I was waiting for that. <laughs> right, right. It, it probably it had to have happened at some point. There is an outtake of this thing where that absolutely happened for sure. We oh, and we completely forgot in both parts. We also they also did big focus on Giganta. Also, yes, yes. Especially in part two. I mean, what I love, though, is that they did this bit in part two where the um, the gossip columnist for all of the superheroes is interviewing Giganta and the Atom because they got married. And that actually happened in the comic books like a couple of decades later. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But I loved how they were trying to skirt around the the how do you have sex yes and what i loved is when she was trying to bring it up chris is watching it with me and out of nowhere he's like well she just uses him as a dildo (laughs) right (laughs) right doesn't the size matter like definitely like a barbara walters style ripoff character Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was that was rough the do you want to talk about Ruth Bucci? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we have to talk about Ruth Buzzy, don't we? So, um, 
so yeah, let's leave Giganta alone. You know, looking like one of the glow gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yep, definitely uh, in this like thing. That. Yes, Rhoda Ruder was the name of the um the Rhoda Ruder. That was yes. her name. Yes. Let's talk about Ruth Buzzy as one of the most obscure Batman villains that they could have pulled out of nowhere. Horny Aunt Minerva. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Who the hell is, except for comic book nerds, are really going to know who Aunt Minerva is? And, of course, it's going to be Ruth Buzzy, because you can't have a 70s variety special without Ruth Buzzy. No. And they made her (laughs) one of the most obscure villains in DC Comics history. They did. what What was disturbing about it was, like, she was hitting up captain marvel to marry her and i'm thinking to myself you you do know that's a teenage boy right um <laughs> and they allude to that mm-hmm. in it when she when she does the shazam thing it becomes a hot supermodel and mm-hmm. everybody's like oh wait i'm horny for you now yeah yeah and, and interspersed with all of this weirdness this uncomfortableness you have musical numbers and roasts by the super villains um, yeah we have we have a roast from the weather wizard yeah we have the weather wizard roast um we have a dr savannah um weird segment about how he's a doctor an actual medical doctor um Sinestro, who's using his uh, ring to do the drum roll beat for all his bad jokes. Yes. Yeah. Mordrew singing That's Entertainment. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) The That's Entertainment was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen on TV. Yeah. I felt felt a very similar way to watching Mordrew with That's Entertainment as I did to um, watching uh, The Audition that movie just kind of the same <laughs> but i will uh, say this for weird 70s comic book makeup they did a great job with mordrew's makeup <laughs> he looked okay but it was but, a bad just a bad thing yeah and then uh, the other thing is is with uh we also had a character uh retired man in both oh my sections. god and retired in the second in the second segment, when he's going off and telling all his stories, I, I messaged you at one point. I was like, this is just a Dana Carvey character, isn't it? It is. 100% you are right. I forgot that Retired Man was in the first one during the intro mm-hmm. to the show um, where they were honoring the Scarlet Cyclone because they couldn't get the Red Tornado for rights reasons. Um, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so they were honoring his retirement. Um during the first part as the action got started. And then in the second one, they brought him out and let him do whatever. I, uh, I don't even know the point of that. Like was the no. guy who was retired man. Hold on. I got it pulled up. Um, uh, the actor who played retired man is William uh, Shallart. William Shallart is his name. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he was basically, Whenever Dana Carvey would play an old man on Saturday Night Live, that's what this character was. Right. Right. However, none of this 
none of this compares to the uncomfortableness of Ghetto Man. Well, so I'm of two minds with Ghetto Man. Go ahead and talk about him, but I'm of two minds with him. First of all, I want to know what was with the uh, Rolling Stones logo on his outfit with the the big lips and the tongue. I was just like, <laughs> that's that's a choice. Yeah. Is, uh, it, is, is he going to play for Rufus later? <laughs> uh, the joke he made about uh, Hawkman not having to go in his neighborhood or else he'll be Kentucky Fried. Yeah. Yeah. That that was that was a big oof. The yeah. jokes about Sammy Davis Jr. were big oofs. Sure. Uh, and so was that the the way he gets his superpowers, he shouts Kareem. Yeah. I mean, there were big oofs, but I would counter that with he did read white people for filth the whole time. Yeah, he did <laughs> on stage. He did do that. He did read white people for filth. He definitely yeah. did. But at the same time, I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. It, it ooh. wasn't. It wasn't to our our standard now. But he did definitely say just like this. There aren't a lot of people of color on this stage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Green, Lan- Green Lantern don't count. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. 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 <laughs> Like, all right. Oh, that, oh, then of course there's also Ed McMahon and Solomon Grundy trying their best to do an Avon and Costello routine. Yeah, absolutely. And Ed McMahon uh, literally doing his best, and honestly Solomon Grundy doing their best. It just didn't work. <laughs> but like, the the whole thing ends though when it's over. It's like Ed McMahon is just like, well, that about wraps it up here. So there's only one thing left to do: Kareem, and he goes yeah, flying yes, away. Yes, I'm like. Oh, no, that didn't just happen, did it? God, no, oh, come on. God damn it, man. Oh, and then it plus was... also when Ghetto Man came out and him and Adam West did that, like, jive handshake. Sure, yes. Oh, yeah. my God. I was just like, not not, not since Charlie Brown and Franklin in a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving did a jive handshake between a white guy and a black guy feel so uncomfortable than that particular moment. <laughs> it was it was bad. This thing was bad, all right? Let's just mm. let's just be real. This was not great. Um I cannot I, recommend this one at all. I will I recommend it for only for people that really really enjoy like the the late 70s early 80s variety shows. Like it was it was uncomfortable as on the same level as the Pink Ladies and Jeff were. Um, maybe more so, but mm-hmm. like it was also incomprehensible as a as a concept, yeah. you know, like like I don't know, like that's so that's where I was at with it. So I I have a couple of bits of trivia that I found out about this thing. Okay. Uh, in his autobiography, Adam West explicitly regretted making this project specifically the extremely cheap production level of it um of note are the episodes were recorded on videotape rather than film the heroes and villains respective headquarters were clearly the same sets um exterior shots all took place in the same park and even by the standards of today the special effects were crude um the original cowl that adam west wore for the batman series was actually stripped 
and recovered by the seamstress who made the cowl for the legends of the superheroes. However, much like that woman who destroyed that painting of Jesus in Italy, she neglected to take photos and just worked from memory on restoring the cowl. And so that's why the cowl looks the way it does in the special, not matching anything else on the uniform. Because you mentioned about how, you know, Cow, the cow just was an interesting choice, and, and that's why. She she destroyed it. So they're like, well, we have to just go with this then. <laughs> and uh, Burt Ward, um, he said the one thing that he wanted to do that he wasn't allowed to do in the 60s Batman, he was able to do on this one. Um, instead of wearing tights, he shaved his legs. Really? I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> why? Uh, all right. <laughs> why? All right. Uh, this was also the live-action debut of Black Canary, which they they apparently originally wanted for Challenge of the Super Friends, but the the producers, uh, uh, not Hanna Barbera, not Hanna Hanna Barbera, who did the uh, this special, also, but the television network producers said that would have been too many female characters for the animated series. So apparently, once they had Wonder Woman and Giganta, that was the cutoff. Uh, for No, no, actually, Batgirl was in, not Batgirl, but uh, Catwoman was involved also. So Catwoman, uh, Giganta, and, and Wonder Woman were just too many women for the superhero show, so they could not have Black Canary. And, okay. Yeah. And uh, there was one other one. Oh, another podcast called Now Playing. They reviewed The Legend of the Superheroes. And they said that they absolutely could not recommend this thing for the life of them. (laughs) And uh, this was the Riddler's last live-action appearance on television until Gotham in 2014. And it should also be noted that because they couldn't use Superman and Wonder Woman in this due to what was going on with television and the movies, that the only time that Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman were together on the big screen for the very first time was not until Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice came out in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, that one I knew. It just never lined up. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Burt Ward shaved his legs to play Robin. Yeah, because you know, was he excited when you're to in do your thirties? You have uh, he was excited to shave his legs. I'm like, I mean, well, not, not just to shave his legs. Who isn't? But he was he was he excited to do? Like, I I have questions. I think I, he I, was I, just excited to get work because even Adam West, even though he wasn't starring in the best of quality of films after you know Batman ended, I think he was getting more work than Burt Ward was. So sure. I'm sure he was more than happy to do this yeah i guess i mean he's been in a lot of stuff after but it's all been like well not all of it but it's all fairly um genre related shit you know Mm -hmm. um just a lot of genre related shit actually but (laughs) but yeah um a lot of direct-to-video which trust us on this show we love um but he was like in Scream, Evelyn Scream. Um, he was <laughs> he was in the Legends of the Superheroes, um, which we know. But then he mm-hmm. was in like 
robot ninja, cyber chick, um, virgin high, hot under the collar, beach babes from beyond, the dwelling, assault of the party nerds too. Then he went on to be himself in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like living single. Um, he was in Clueless, the TV show Clueless, um, The Simpsons, um, Return to the Batcave. Do you remember Return to the Batcave in 2003? Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, thing. when that oh, tell all, like, the yeah. quote unquote tell all. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the Return of the Cape Crusaders thing they did in, in 2016, but he did some other voices and things like that. And then the latest thing he did was in 2019 in Supergirl. He was in it as Dick Grayson. He was in mm. it as his character. So he's worked <laughs> just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to shave my legs. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You're going to do what? I'm totally shaving my legs for this. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do you, boo-boo? Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Be Just be be who you are, Bert. Talk to me. <laughs> this is a safe space, Bert. Uh, so, yeah, so we watched it so you don't have to. Yeah. Though I will tell you, if, if you're curious, part one is worth... I think part one is worth watching. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I think if you were a comic book fan and you're a fan of kind of the the schlocky 70s style of like TV variety shows, part one is worth. There's a part in part one that we did not talk about that I feel like we need to mention as a selling point for watching it. OK, there is a five minute, maybe more sequence in this film where Batman, Robin and Mordu, the ancient wizard are on ski doos in a lake chasing each other around and it's worth the price of admission right there <laughs> it is wild it is wild that that scene that scene is worth the price of admission <laughs> that is a great that is a great scene any of the Solomon Grundy stuff is worth watching you know the 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 Abbott and Costello meet the Frankenstein, but he's the Frankenstein, you know, um, those scenes are worth watching. There's some stuff in the first part that I'll support. I will. Second one. Sand, sand near ocean, ocean water, swamp water. <laughs> yeah. Second part is not worth watching. <laughs> Second part is not worth watching. Marshall Warfield's worth watching. Um, I feel like Adam West really goes for it. And, and they let him off the chain to do whatever he wants. I feel like that was worth watching. Uh, the sea dudes are worth watching. Don't watch the second part. Just watch the first part. That's where I'll, I'll stand by that. Uh, and now we have Geely to watch. We do. We do. Yay. Hey, you wanted to do April Fool's Month. You, only, you can only play yourself, Roy. What I, what I love, though, is when I tell my friends in in person that you are forcing me to watch Geely, their response is just laughing yeah. gloriously at me. Of course it is. Uh, it's a great choice. It's a great choice. Because they choice. know how much I hate the movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's I mean, my I'd, time. I'd rather watch Jersey Girl. Then Geely again. And that tells you how bad it is. It's my time. After 
terror of tiny town and riding the bus with my sister and dot the kangaroo it's my time and i will take it and you can pry it from my cold dead hands well since we're saving geely for the end of the month let's go ahead and, and let the cat out of the bag of what movie you chose for me because yeah. we're doing because we're doing the room for the 20th anniversary and because you never saw it but what have you what monstrosity have you chosen for oh. me for the well, month see, of may here's the thing Okay, a you you were treated unfairly this month with Geely, and I'll acknowledge that. I'm not taking it back. We're watching that piece of shit, but <laughs> I wanted to do something to make up for it. And B, we are watching for our main movie, one of the the mountaintop cult classic movies at this yeah. point. It is a um, when it comes to cult. Cinema, it is one of the creme de la cremes, yeah. It is. It is, It is. you know, on the Mount Rushmore of cult cinema mm-hmm. at this point with your with your uh, Rocky Horrors and your Pink Flamingos. Like, it's up mm-hmm. there at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you're, and fortunately or unfortunately, your Sharknado is probably up <laughs> nah, there. Sharknado <laughs> has its own mountain somewhere else, you know? Yeah, it does. It does. Not without its own merits, Sharknado. I appreciate what it's done. Um, but I wanted to go that route. And I was thinking to myself, what could we do? And I was thinking back to the time, the first real unknown to me cult movie that I saw was when I was in college. And they had a repertory theater near my college that would show midnight movies, just like most wow. college towns have. Um, yeah. And we used to go every Friday, whatever was playing, we'd throw our $2 down and go sit with a bunch of college film nerds and scream at a movie screen. Um, one of the times I went was a movie that um, was from 1984, directed by uh, Alex Cox and um, starring Emilio Estevez and Harry <gasps> Dean Stanton. I Are want us to do Repo, Repo Man. Man. Yes. Sir. Nice. All right. So yeah. we're doing two biggies when it comes yeah. to, to cult films. Then I have actually never seen Repo Man. Fantastic. Perfect. And, uh, this has been one of those ones that have been on my list of I've been meaning to get to it, but I've never had yeah. sat down to watch Repo Man. Cult, classic, sci-fi, comedy, punk rock movie. Um, in the same, you know, like like it is an absolute punk rock classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Tracy Wal- Tracy Walter is in this movie. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton is in this movie. Emilio Estevez is in this movie. It is very funny, very counterculture, weirdly sci-fi. I loved it, and that's what really made me this movie. You can on the roadmap of movies that made me love the type of movies that we watch this is definitely mm-hmm. like an overnight stay you know okay. uh, john woo movies uh the first time i saw hard boiled and the killer that's on that list you know the first time i saw um rocky horror but this movie is on that that roadmap and i wanted to share that experience with you so you you i made you spend good though you did <laughs> I will say you did also send me Legends of Super Friends, so I think you're breaking. You're like 50 50. Um, you did send me a copy of The Room, so I'm going to make sure you have a good Criterion Collection copy of Repo Man. Nice. We're going to sit down, we're going to watch the shit out of that shit, and we're going to talk about it. I cannot wait for that. It's awesome. going to be a good I'm month in May fine, to make up yeah. for this. I finally am going to, to watch this sucker. And 
Uh, I will I will let you know right now if you're able to remember the film. June has been picked by Courtney. At least. Oh shit. At, oh at least, the yes yes uh, okay. So yeah so at least at least for one of the two movies we're doing for June so you get to, you get you get to pick the other one. Courtney picked one of the two for us so. So I don't know how I missed this, and I am just now looking because I wanted to pull up. Tracy Walter, because I know Tracy Walter, because Tracy Walter plays one of my favorite favorite characters in all film, and that is Bob the Goon from Batman. Mm-hmm. Tracy Walter, and I don't know how I missed this, I watched it a week ago, also plays Malik in Conan the Destroyer. Yes, you didn't know that? I, I, I never put it together. Yes. I never put it together. And Cookie from City Slickers, and I yep. didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Shit. Like that he is we talk about Harry Dean Stanton a lot as being like the seminal character actor. But Tracy's no slouch. I'll tell no, you that not. right now. No, Shit. he's not. And he he worked he's worked up to like twenty sixteen, so he just kept going. All right. Yeah, he's worked with some biggies, but yeah, I did I think definitely Batman is one of his most more well known characters. Um but, but I've seen Conan uh, the Destroyer. But like, Conan, Conan the Destroyer, he's fun in that movie. So I've seen that movie like 50 times, and I've seen Batman more, and it never the, – the connection was never made in my brain until just now. I was like, holy Well, God, I mean, I he's know. not wearing a hat in Conan and has a little more hair, so, I mean, there True. you go. <laughs> you're, you're right about that. All right, cool. So Repo Man and uh, The Room Room. is quite the double feature. I would pay to go see that. That that is quite the double feature. I am going to pay to go see that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. So join us later this month uh, as uh, we watch Gigli. Um, Yeah, baby. And uh, let you know how our thoughts are on that one. So like it more than you think you will. Oh, God. I think you will. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. I'm mm-hmm. feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right, gang. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of uh, Colson Mechanicombs, and we'll catch you next time with Geely. Mm-hmm.